You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Last time that we spoke together, I preached on the passage that we used as our declaration this morning. And we did the first eight verses of Ephesians chapter one. And one of the things that that was just notably in that was the preposition in. It it was used 10 times in the first eight verses. And then in the verses from nine to 13 that we're looking at today, it is used seven times. So we want to be in Christ. So last time I preached, it was on the first in Christ in this passage. And today we're gonna look at the second. We find in the first in Christ that we receive We give praise to the Lord because of being blessed by the Father with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So we receive every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. And that was our first in Christ. Now for our second in Christ. Verse nine. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ Second in Christ, ding, 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 okay, tension. I know it's a rainy day, don't fall asleep. To be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will in order that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having believed you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that you'd release the enabling presence of the Holy Spirit, that we would have ears to hear and eyes to see and hearts to perceive and understand those things that you are speaking to the church. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So the first in Christ has to do with every spiritual blessing. We've got all the blessings uh, at, at our, it's available. It's at our disposal. We need to access them and walk in them. You know, this, this whole concept of being seated with Christ in the heavenly realms brings the whole dimension of us accessing a lot of the things that are spiritual blessings by having the ability to come before the Lord in such a way as we enter into his presence, since we're seated with him in heavenly realms. So where's Jesus sitting today? In reference to where you're seated. Hmm. In the natural, Marcus is right here in row one. But in the spiritual, he's seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. And I I don't know if this gets too mystical for you, 
But it's, it's one of the things of how do we press, since we have been given the guarantee of the Holy Spirit, how do we move into the spirit realm so that we can discern and have access and become aware of everything that the Father has ordained for us? Uh, so much of our, our religious American Christianity is, is what we've been taught in Sunday school and in church, and we have a, a good evangelical theolo theological background, and, and we stay there. But there is so much more if we can press in to the place where we are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. Some people think that that's when we die and we go to heaven, then we'll be seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. I don't. I don't believe that one bit. I think we'll, we'll be seated with him in the heavenly realms when we die, but I think that's for now. For us, it's how do I become aware that his presence is not only in me, but beside me and with me? How is it that I can come into that dynamic of listening and receiving because I've taken the steps to move towards seeing into the heavenly realm? Trust me on this, I think it's worth the pursuit. If you haven't put any eggs in the basket of seeing in the spirit realm, I wanna encourage you today, put some eggs in that basket. Don't worry, you're not gonna get in trouble. It's like, uh-oh, Father saw that I'm trying to do that stuff, that I, it's, it's, it's against the law. No, he welcomes you because here's the second in Christ. He made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. The second in Christ is that we have a God who wants us to know him, and he makes it himself known to us, and he makes his will known to us practically. He demonstrates it, he wants us to pursue, he wants us to know the mystery of his will, and so he gives us some insight into the mystery of his will here in this passage. But all through the scriptures, you will read them, and as the Holy Spirit is your teacher, and as you're listening, and as you're following through there, he will reveal to you the mystery of God's will. He will show you the God that you know something about. He wants to show you in person who he is. And as you see him, as you see his character, as you see his nature, as you see his heart, as you see him, you'll find that this is one who wants you to know what his purpose is, what his will is. And so he wants to unveil that to us. I love that about him. There's so much, there's so much to know. He wants his kids to know him. He not only wants us to know him, he wants us to experience who he's created us to be. Since we're created in his image, and since he resides in us, he wants us to know what it's like when healing takes place. He wants us to know what it's like when evangelism takes place and someone says yes to Christ and the joy and the rejoicing that's in heaven, he wants us to experience that because he is in us. What's his heart do? 
when a child comes to understand how good and loving he is and that he has made provision for us to be in intimate relationship with him. Wow. There is a point when the times will have reached their fulfillment. Hmm. There's always that dynamic with God who is not bound by time and space, who is omnipresent. <laughs> he, he, he's five weeks ahead, 10 years behind, 60 years ahead. He's not bound by time and space. And that, that creates a problem for us to, to get our mind around that dynamic. But when times have reached their fulfillment, there is coming a moment when times will have reached their fulfillment. And for all the anxiety that the enemy is trying to release in the earth or through the pandemic, through the uncertainty of elections and all the different things that are going on, there is a sense of understanding as in one of the worship songs, we know what happens at the end. We know the end. We know how this story's going. Why? Because he has revealed his will to us and the purpose of his will. And he goes on to say what that is. It's to unify. It's to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. Christ is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Doesn't matter what's happening. This is the word of the Lord, that there is a time when times will have reached their fulfillment and the Lordship of Jesus will be absolutely supreme forever and ever. In him, we're chosen. He hits this in the first eight verses, talks about that we're chosen. We have a God who looks at you and looks at me and says, I want you. I have chosen you. I have chosen you before I even created creation. You were in my heart and I chose you. And here he says, in him we were also chosen. Pre, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. It was his will to choose you. You say, well, I haven't chosen him yet. Let's get with it. <laughs> Today's a good day to, to choose. That, that's always a good choice to choose him. In order that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. Here, Paul is talking and he's, he's oftentimes referring how the Jews were the first to hear the gospel, the good news. And those that, that responded, they are the ones that have come in. And it's so that they might find the hope in Christ and that it would be for the praise of his glory for the praise of his glory. How many Jews do we have in the room today? Well, you guys are left out. 
Oh no, he continues, doesn't he? And you also were included in Christ, us Gentiles. When you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. See, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, as I always have to teach on my Hebrew Shema, to hear has the same connotation that we use with our kids. When you tell your child to do something and they don't do it, we say, did you hear me? And it's really not a question of whether or not they heard our words. It's a question or not whether they're going to obey what we've requested of them. Did you hear me? <laughs> Faith comes by hearing. Those who were the first to hear, and now those of us that have heard as a result of their hearing and their obedience, we now get to be part of the next chain of link of being able to hear the Lord, respond to the gospel of salvation, receive him as our Lord, as the one who has forgiveness and union and birth and come into full reconciliation with the Father. And then to be able to articulate that so someone else can hear it and pass it on. And the invitation of relationship continues to go out to all humanity. <laughs> when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Do you remember when you responded the first time? You heard the gospel? It's not that so much that you just heard the story, because you may have heard the story many times before you heard the story. But when you hear the story and you take it to heart, it becomes eternal life. It becomes a living force inside. It becomes a transforming moment in your life. Having believed, huh, the next part, you got to hear it, but if you don't believe it, and many of us have heard the gospel proclaimed many times, but did not respond. But then there was the moment that we believed. And I think that that is, is a gift from the Lord. We always have choice. And one of the things that we understand, especially from Ephesians, is that his purpose and will will not be frustrated by our choices, but he knows how to come back and take us around the mountain again and give us another opportunity to make a choice. And if, you're going, if you've been going around that mountain for many, many times, today might be a good day to say, yes, I'm going to believe. And it's the simple act of faith. It's the simple act of saying, Jesus, I believe who you are. I believe that you are God's son, that you came to the earth in the flesh and that you lived among us and you taught us about the Father and you went about destroying the works of the devil. <laughs> and then you suffered and you were crucified. You were dead and buried. And on the third day you raised, you arose from the grave and ascended <laughs> to the right hand of the Father. We serve a risen, ascended Lord. When we believe that, something happens. Something happens and there's a shift that takes place. It's a, it's a marked moment. 
But it's a moment that has continuous moments that follow, that we still have choices and we must choose to believe and choose to receive more of the revelation, more of the understanding of the purposes of God for our life, for the life of our fellowship, and for the life of the body of Christ at large. It's an ongoing, growing relationship. You were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Mm. The Holy Spirit, if, you, if, if you're not on a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit, I wanna encourage you today as, as you move in this shift that you, you, you determine in your heart that you want to know the Holy Spirit as a person, not as just an experience, not as, as a doctrine, but as a person, the third person of the Trinity. I want to know the Holy Spirit. I remember years ago when Benny Hinn wrote the book, Good Morning, Holy Spirit. It was at a time that was perfect in my walk in kingdom revelation that was about to explode. And as I read that and I saw the intimate relationship that Benny had with the Holy Spirit every morning, I thought, oh Lord, that's what I want. I want, and I thank you for his testimony and that testimony book that spoke to my heart that said, I want that kind of relationship with Holy Spirit. I want to, to wake up and know that the Holy Spirit is there and that he's ready to commune, he's ready to reveal, he's ready to make known the Lord Jesus and the Father. Holy Spirit. He says that you are marked in him with a seal. What in the world does that mean? Anybody been sealed by the Holy Spirit here? Mm -hmm. And when the Holy Spirit is your seal, you're tamper-proof. That's something that's tamper-proof. It's more than a childlike lid on a medication. It, it, it's a dynamic that when the Lord seals you, you are sealed and no one can break the seal. No one can break the seal. Have, have you ever tried to tamper with the seal? Some of us may have. You know, back when I was a kid in high school, you know, one of the big things with the Baptist and the Methodists was whether or not once saved, always saved. I mean, people would get out their guns and go to battle over that. I mean, they would, they would kill each other in Christian love over the truth of whether or not you can lose your salvation. And it's like, man, it, it bred within our youth group a bunch of insecure Christians. Because we thought, oh gosh, I had a bad thought, I'm going to hell. Jesus, forgive me. And it, it, it's almost like he loves me, he loves me not, he loves me, he loves me. It, it's one of those that balances every moment, every hour. And that's why many of us were at the altar multiple times a week saying, Lord, forgive me, you know, because of our anxiety of not knowing that we were sealed by the Holy Spirit when we believed. And, and I, to me, it's a moot point. If you want to believe that you can still go to hell after you've received Jesus, go right ahead. Knock yourself out. Have all the fun with that one you want. But here, the word says that you have been sealed. Can you break the seal? I'll leave that up to you. But there is a seal. And the Holy Spirit is, is the identifying 
factor that you're sealed. He who is deposited the Holy Spirit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession. This kind of goes back to the timing when time has, all the times have been fulfilled. That there is, there is in the Father's will, he lets us know that his heart for his whole possession, all those that belong to him to be gathered to him. And when that time has come, when the redeemed have been redeemed, then that's when we understand a new dynamic to the praise of his glory. To the praise of his glory. There, there's something about that little phrase that inside it is, is representative. The Jews to the praise of his glory earlier in the passage and now us and all those during these times who come to Christ, who hear, who believe, who received and who are sealed in the Holy Spirit, they are for the glory of his praise, the praise of his glory. Now remember glory, you got kabod, you got Shekinah in the, in the Old Testament, you've, you've got uh, doxa, you, you've got the Greek, all having to do with the splendor and the glorious light and the majesty of his presence. But the key word there is his presence. Where his glory is, is because his presence is there. And as he would go by, there would be the lingering of his glory that would, his train would fill the temple. And it's tangible. And when his tangible glory comes, you are part of that. Our receiving Christ into our lives, our believing, all of this has positioned us in, a, in such a way as that we now live to the praise of his presence, the praise of his presence on the earth, the praise of his glory. And so let's, let's live, let's live a glorious, glorious life. Let's not become overcome with fear and anxiety. Let's not become so focused on all the stuff that's around us more than we are focused on him. The key to get through these days is to make him first and to make him your first place that you focus. And from there, everything else will then start to fit. You'll be able to then make decisions based on your value of him first. Loving him first, loving yourself second, because you're made in his image and there's no one like you. And then loving others as he has loved you. And so let's, let's take that to heart today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your love. <laughs> we thank you for making us people to the praise of your glory. I pray, Father, that that, that expression would find a place in our spirit and in our heart that would not be conceded to anything that the world tries to dethrone it with. But there would be a settling today in our belief system, in our life, in our ability, having been chosen, to make a choice 
and we choose to, to live in such a way to the praise of your glory, Lord. And so come, do for us what we need today. Secure the heart, cause us to know that we know that we know we're yours forever, in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.